Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It's my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, Ed Canan. Ed Canan is based in Syracuse, New York. He has been a big part of efforts to oppose drone piloting at Hancock Air Base for the past 10 years. His amazing array of work over the past decades has included teaching math and biology in a one-room Quaker school in rural Kenya, hitchhiking Africa and North America, providing protective accompaniment to targeted activists in Guatemala, El Salvador, Haiti, and Sri Lanka, serving as chair of Peace Brigade's International Sri Lanka Project and a member of their National Coordinating Committee and a member of School of America's Watch National Board, twice serving time in federal prisons. Ed Canan spent shock and awe in Baghdad with Voices for Creative Nonviolence and has worked with Witness Against Torture. He's been on delegations to Afghanistan, Iran, and Palestine. He's spoken around the U.S. and spent a week at Standing Rock. But his focus now and ours in this show is on the upstate drone action at Hancock. Ed Canan, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thanks. Good to be here. Uh, great to have you on. Um, you, you've done so many different things. Why, why focus in particular on drones? Well, I've kind of avoided thinking about weapon systems. It's kind of been repellent to me over the years. But this um, an issue that really hits home. I, I live in Syracuse, Syracuse native, and Hancock Air Base is right on the edge of Syracuse, and it hosts the 174th attack wing of the New York State National Guard. And that attack wing uh, pilots weaponized robotic MQ-9 Reaper drones over Afghanistan and and probably other countries, too. I don't think it probably respects borders too carefully. So it hits home. Um, I figure if we here in upstate New York aren't dealing with the problem, then who's going to? Uh, you know, it's just our responsibility. <laughs> Sorry, it seems a little crazy to me uh, that uh, what is how does New York State National Guard have a role in bombing people in Afghanistan? Well, they've been federalized, I guess. I, I don't know the details or the mechanics of it, but they they occupy the base out here at Hancock, and um, when Hancock no longer was piloting F-16s, they looked for a mission, and our state legislators and uh, state, you know, senators kind of thought, hmm, this could be a drone base. Yeah. It would give give Hancock a reason to continue to exist. It's one of those many, many uh, bases throughout the U.S. that are really redundant. There, there used to be a campaign that friends of mine uh, pushed called Bring the Guard Home that was for defederalizing the Guard and saw the Guard historically as a force against uh, federal wars and imperialism. Uh, is that is that a step worth taking or, or is you know disbanding it entirely more uh, uh, a better course to pursue? Well... My thought is most military bases, whether abroad or here in the U.S., um, would do well to be converted to more uh, human-friendly functions. Yeah, indeed. Um, there's a, a guy has a plan to turn the 
airbase in Buffalo into a solar array. Uh, I think that's the, the kind of change we should be looking for. Definitely. Um, but the thing is, that base is also becoming a re- Reaper base this very year. It is. Yeah. And, and, and they've... And they're now not only piloting these things in far-off places like Afghanistan from New York State, but actually flying the drones in the air of, of New York State. Is that right? Well, yeah, they call those training missions um, out of Hancock Air Base and also um, you know, up to, to Fort Drum, which is north of Syracuse, close to the Canadian border. And, of course, drones are also patrolling the Canadian and the Mexican border, and you know, throughout the Caribbean. Um, so it's not just that the drones are used over there in any number of different countries, especially the oil countries, um, but but also here. You know, they they do come home to roost, and, and we're going to reap the whirlwind um, drones here domestically. Yeah, here here. There's some government surveillance, and, and maybe in terms of um, you know the assassinations that drones are so famous for. Yeah, you think we'll see surveillance? Uh, I mean, in Charlottesville recently here, we, we had the sky full of military helicopters. They managed to crash one and kill, right. kill two people. But uh, do you think we're going to start seeing uh, drone surveillance of events if we aren't already and and, and drone attacks in the United States? Well, um, there's, there's already been... Um Suggestions of that, for example, when we've been out at Han- we, we go out to Hancock um, twice a month, first and third Tuesdays, at, at, when the shift changes because we want to sort of reach the Hancock personnel, and, and we've had uh, these Reaper drones fly over us uh, on those occasions. So it is happening, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, so you try describe some of the actions you've done at the base, and is the goal to reach the the general public or to reach the the pilots and the, and the potential recruits? Um, very much both. Um, we on first and third Tuesdays we're out there on East Malloy Road, which is the road that leads to the base, and um, so we have our signage. You know, drones fly, children die, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of traffic that goes by. So we swivel to meet the traffic as it comes and goes. But also, we're right in front of the um, sort of the driveway that goes into the base. So we get the, the drone personnel coming off of the base. And, and we definitely want to reach them to get them thinking about uh, the war machine that they're a part of. Yeah. Uh, and then our actions, which are um, usually tableaus in which we go on to sort of base property, um, those are, 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 you know, geared also to um, both the passing traffic but also to the base personnel. Um, and in those tableaus, which block the entrance to the base, um, they're dramatic, you know, they're photogenic, uh, they're they're pungent in their message and um they always lead to our being arrested and that of course leads to trials and and sometimes incarcerations describe some of the the images people may have seen uh in in photos online or elsewhere Uh, you've you've had giant books that people should read you've had people appearing to be uh, crucified on drones right right yeah um probably our, our best 
publicized tableau was this past Good Friday, which you know was in the spring in the Christian tradition, just before Easter, and we had um, crucifix, you know, crosses. Um, oh, maybe I would say eight, nine feet tall, and then we had there were several of us on each of you know. And each cross, there was, there was three big crosses. So there was three of us in orange jumpsuits and, and black hoods, you know, hanging from them uh, until we were arrested. Uh, the idea being that in the, in the time of, um, in the Christian tradition of Jesus, that the crosses were used by the Roman Empire that was occupying Palestine at the time. This, these were devices of terror. To, to terrorize and intimidate the people. Yeah. Well, we see that the, the drone is an instrument of terror that intimidates people, you know, throughout the world. Um, so we thought that was a particularly apt uh, image to project out there. I, I think so, indeed. Uh, Ed Kinnan from Upstate Drone Action. Uh, there have been a lot of arrests, right? We had, uh, I think, Marianne Grady was on this program from jail at one point. Uh, uh -huh. and, uh, I've I've been up there once at least uh, for a drone conference. Um, but how many times have you been arrested? How many people have been arrested? And right. and, and hasn't well, there been some progress with with this with some of the judges? Haven't they been, well, been moved in the right direction? Yeah, it's a complicated picture. Um, I, I think there have been about two hundred arrests altogether. Yeah, and of course some of those are. Uh, anti-drone activists who have been arrested more than once, you know, like myself and a number of others. Uh, I, I've been arrested oh, maybe a dozen times. Uh, so we, we go to court, and this is a town court, DeWitt Town Court, and there are two judges there, um, both initially very unsympathetic with our cause. Um, and I think kind of, you know, ran roughshod over our rights as defendants. Uh, we were we were defending ourselves. We were going pro se. Uh, and then at least one of the judges has had some change of heart in, and declared privately uh, to me that he wouldn't be putting, you know, any of us in jail anymore. Uh, the right. other judge has declared this has to stop, you know, referring to our being attentive to Hancock Air Base. Uh, and, and, and I don't know, if, I, I can't tell if he shifted his views or not. We, we've certainly given him a lot of exposure to the issue. Uh, the, the defendants that defend themselves and speak for themselves in court, many of them have been particularly eloquent and well-informed on this issue. So I'm, I'm certainly hoping that uh, both judges are, are taking in some of not only is is there such an obvious strong moral, if not legal, case for you all to make, but they've sort of thrown you a ludicrous softball with the with these orders of protection, right? Yeah. Can you describe if anybody hasn't heard what what's gone on with orders of protection up there? Well, that's a device that between Hancock Air Base and in the court. They've come up with this idea of issuing orders of protection against those of us arrested out there 
and uh, that have applied to dozens of us, it, it's kind of like a stay-away order. Um, and what it means is if you come to the base again, then you could be arrested and it will be considered a misdemeanor with up to a year sentence. Um, th- this is ludicrous because orders of protection generally, the intent is to protect you know, vulnerable you know, spouses, vulnerable kids. It's not meant to protect a base from having to be exposed to citizens uh, exercising their First Amendment rights. Right. Uh, the, 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 the orders of protection are, are taken out in the name of the current commandant of the base, who generally has never even met us or, or probably hasn't seen us in most cases. And certainly isn't threatened by us. I mean, we are. Uh, we, we we've got a track record of meticulous, scrupulous nonviolence, and, and this is something we're, we're very committed to, that we feel very strongly about. And he's got a military base to protect him already, and you could, and you could bump into him in the store and not know it and violate right. this. Or it's it's craziness. Um, yeah, but it, it works in a sense that, of course, many people aren't in a position to risk. Um, going to jail for a year. Right, right. So, but what it does, I think, it has the opposite effect that some of us who maybe have fashioned a lifestyle that allow us to take those risks, you know, we become, you know, even more determined to expose the base. Yeah. Um, and more willing to take risks on behalf of, you know, the First Amendment, our First Amendment rights. Because yeah. in effect, what we are doing out there, David, is... Um, petitioning our government for a redress of grievance. And the grievance, of course, is that in our name and with our tax money, uh, the, the, the U.S. military is, is killing people, assassinating people, maiming people, terrorizing people in a number of countries. Yeah. So we, we're, we're petitioning against this, really, by our actions. Imagine. And, and, and usually we bring a, a people's indictment up to the base to share with them Spelling out, you know, the, the legal reasoning um, for, for why what they're doing is, you know, a war crime, but but also the whole moral perspective. That's very important to us. Um, so sometimes they rebuff it. They won't take, you know, take the document. Um, sometimes they have, though. So who knows who gets to read it on base? Yeah, you never know. If uh, if you were to try, which of course you rightly have no interest in, but if you were to try what these uh, what these racist Nazis try in Charlottesville, that is showing up outside the base armed with visible automatic weapons and knives and pepper spray and shields and helmets and uh-huh. threats of violence uh, and start harassing and threatening uh, to beat up anybody going in and out of the base... Do you, do you think they would uh, deem that within your rights, uh, you know, you not being uh, a bunch of uh, racist, fascist, neo-Confederates, or would that be beyond the pale, given that you're for something as, you know, as unacceptable as peace? Well, it does seem pretty beyond the pale. It's beyond kind of my imagination anyway. Um, uh-huh. Our tableaus and our actions are really peaceful, and uh, they, they do not rely on weaponry or on and power play. Yeah, I just I don't I I don't think they would tolerate it for a second. Uh, right. Un- unless they are well armed. <laughs> I mean, you know they they close the gate as soon as we appear, uh, and of course it's that you know a nine or ten foot high fence with barbed wire, 
and and then you know a handful of men well armed, you know trained to kill, of course, uh, you know put are like in a phalanx sort of facing us. Yeah, inside the base on the other side of the fence. And that's with uh, you showing up unarmed and committed to nonviolence. Uh, what, what what impact do you think all of these actions over you know a decade now have had on the the general community's opinion of of drone murders? Uh, the the people in Syracuse aren't all going to turn out and join you every uh, every right. couple weeks, but what have they what have they learned? Well, it, it's very hard to assess. We first started in in, in on this. Um, you know, we we go to like the state fair, the entrance of the state fair with our capital was also, which is based in Syracuse, and so many people would say, "What's a drone?" Um, so we try to educate people with our flyers and our conversation. Then, after a couple of years of doing this each year out of the state fair, people, many people, said something to the effect of, "Well, they save lives, these drones." Right. You know, like I say, they buy into the military propaganda. Um, and then, like, last year, we were at the base, at, I'm sorry, at the state fair with a petition, this is just outside the gate, uh, calling for ending the um, use of weaponry within the fair by the military for, like, demonstration purposes, that, you know, kids are allowed to fondle yeah. these guns and these joysticks. So we had this petition, and, uh, you know, people came up to us very readily to sign the petition. So there has been some education going on over the years, uh, you know, in part through us, I think, although we don't get much media coverage here in central New York. Um, yeah. But, but people are hearing about drones, even though it's a very clandestine operation, the military use of them, I, the CIA I... use of them. I've I've had a number of you know whistleblowers, former drone pilots, former participants in the drone mm-hmm. machinery uh, on this program, uh, and for the most part agreed with most of what they had to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I couldn't I wasn't persuaded at all by uh, Lisa Ling when she came on and told me that. Uh, that activists protesting and demonstrating right. at military bases and so forth, and people running television ads telling uh, pilots to disobey illegal orders and so forth, that it's all counterproductive. It's you're on the wrong team. You're you're on the team of the the hippies rather than the patriots or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you have have you seen any evidence that what you're doing is is counterproductive? Well, I, I did hear that broadcast with Lisa, and I, and I know that's her perspective, um, in my sense, is, you know, she was in the military a long time, and the military is very good at the psychological warfare for its own people, you know, and indoctrinating them. And, and hopefully, it, as she is out and about more and, and talks with more people about these issues, she'll, she'll acquire a broader perspective. Um, we, you know, when we're standing there in East Malloy Road every first and third Tuesday, uh, we, we get a mixed response from drivers by, you know, they throw us the finger, um, uh, others, you know, give us the peace sign. So it's a very mixed response. Um, but we, were at, we, we also do on the other Tuesdays, we're at other major inse- intersections around central New York. And there we get a much more favorable response. You know, it's away from the base. Um, and I would say, I don't know, you know, 
eighty percent of the responses are positive, maybe ninety. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're reaching a public. I mean, it's always discouraging because these things don't change very quickly. Um, and, and the base, you know, is very tenacious. It's going to continue there as long as it can. Um, yeah. You know, there, there was there, there was one indicator that I thought was important was there was a um, National Guard newsletter a year or two ago that said that the demonstrations around the country at the bases are demoralizing, you know, to the drone personnel. So, yeah. although we don't like to hear anyone's demoralized, you know, we're, we're very happy that we've had an impact. And, and I think the impact is shown in the fact that um, the military is having a hard time recruiting drone operatives and a very hard time, rec- you know, getting drone operatives to re-enlist. You know, I have to pay enormous re-enlistment bonuses. Yeah. So that, that's kind of good, but it just means to me, though, that the military is trying to expand their operations, and so their their ambitions um, are, out, out, you know, out um, stretching the uh, available person power. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't want anyone to suffer moral injury or PTSD, uh, but people who are flying drones from desks in little cubicles and not giving it any thought, when somebody like you uh, forces them to think about it, and then they come to have bitter regrets about it, that, mm-hmm. you know, it, that has to be... Uh, you know, a positive step in terms of getting them to quit and getting them toward uh, a better life that they can uh, uh, feel better about. For sure, yeah. Um, what uh, have you combined your your work there with counter recruitment with with going into the high schools and colleges and trying to to dissuade people from signing up? I haven't personally. Um, but over the years, there has been some counter-recruitment work here in Central New York. And I have spoken at a number of high schools around Central New York and elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but that was primarily with my involvement with the School of the Americas issue. Um, the School of the Americas at Port Benning, Georgia, was a very um, strong issue here in, in Central New York. You know, we had a number of people from Central New York do uh, prison time for our nonviolent right. demonstrations at, at Fort Benning, uh, myself among them. Uh, but now that this is what we're doing, this right home in our backyard, um, there's less interest in, in what we're doing because it hits too close to home. Hmm. Like Syracuse mainstream media is, you know, owned by you know, corporations outside, you know, like Sinclair, for our radio stations. And um, so they, of course, you know, Sinclair is very right-wing. Uh, they're not interested in uh, giving us any kind of publicity. Uh, and our local newspaper, which was so good on the School of the Americas issue, uh, you know, it even read, you know, when I went to prison, our local paper had an editorial saying, going to prison for a good cause. Um, yeah. we, we don't hear anything like that in terms of our campaign here at um, 
you know, Hancock Air Base. Be- because the mythological, uh, the, the mythical creation of jobs was in Georgia, not in New York, or, or why? Well, I, well, Central New York has visions of, of being the Silicon Valley of drones. Uh, not just military drones, but, but commercial drones. Uh, got any number of, uh, you know, universities involved in drone research and corporations working here on, on drone stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's one of six regions in the country that have been designated, you know, for drone research and development. And, and there's big bucks in that. I mean, and there's jobs, too. Big, so, big tax you know, dollar bucks in it uh, coming from Washington. I yeah, mean, they, yeah. they 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 could have visions of uh, of being the Silicon Valley of sustainable energy or something useful exactly. if they wanted to, right? Yeah. And if and if the money were flowing there from uh, from our federal government. Yeah, unfortunately, we have some leadership, national leadership coming out of New York State, like Senator Schumer, Schumer, you know, who's just um, and his predecessors, you know, have really pushed for you know drones military use of drones, and by extension, you know, commercial use. I think there's a close connection between commercial development of drones and military drones, in that whenever the commercial side of the research develops, whatever it develops, this cross-fertilizes on the military side. Yeah. Um, And, of course, there's the interchange of personnel, engineers, and so forth. That's very enriching on both sides. And uh, if if there's anybody in national so-called leadership as bad as Schumer, it's got to be Donald Trump, uh, who, uh, by uh, reports I've seen, has increased uh, drone murders abroad uh, even beyond Obama's level. Is uh, is that what you've seen as well? Oh, definitely. And Obama had increased it over Bush. Oh, dramatically. I mean, there dramatically, was... Dramatically, and then... Bush um, had hardly touched, you know, creating drone wars. This was an Obama creation. Yeah, and, and, and Trump is, you know, going hog wild on this thing. Hmm. And it, expanding drones to various theaters, especially in the oil lands, but also in the pipeline lands, um, to sort of try to control, you know, the, the resources abroad as much as possible. Yeah. And I think to keep the pot boiling, I think that's a key part of U.S. military policy is to keep the pot boiling because that translates into very rich profits for the, the corporations like Lockheed Martin, which yeah. is you know a, a large plant here in Syracuse. Yeah. Um, keeps the profits rolling in. Peace is very bad for certain corporations. Yeah, but it's good for all the other ones, uh, or it would be. Um, Ed Kinnan, we have just a minute left. I, I read this autobiographical piece you wrote, and you described, as many people do, that when you were growing up, you know, as a kid, uh, fistfights and bullying was just commonplace. And I, and I think, you know, that we've seen this decrease in our culture of all kinds of violence, but not in our foreign policy. Why is there, why is our foreign policy lagging so far behind uh, so many other changes? Well, foreign policy is where the profits are. P-R-O-F-I-T-S. <laughs> yes. Not the other kind of profits. Uh, um, so, so that's much. an important part of it. And um, I, I think, you know, the, the so-called 1%, which of course is a misnomer, um, you know, thrives. Thrives.
thrives on, on, on the violence. And it, and it also does a very nice job of keeping the domestic populations in line. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's one major difference. It's a big one. Uh, we uh, could go on. I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh, Ed Kinnan is with Upstate Drone Action uh, in Upstate New York uh, at Hancock Air Base outside of Syracuse. We'll put links up on talknationradio.org. Ed, thanks very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Well, thank you very much. This is a great opportunity. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.